You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 441. Macworld iWorld Expo Day 1. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome everyone to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 441. We are here live at the Macworld, iWorld, iFan, I don't know, ultimate event uh, here at the Moscone West in San Francisco, California. And I, you know, I usually do this show with Gaz. So it's just like Gaz and me and, you know, the, but for, the, for this, for the, at least the next three shows, we are definitely going to have... Gender non-specific stuff to talk about because I am I am here with two of the three geeky ladies and someone pretty much brand new to mymac.com. Uh, Julie, did you ever actually do anything with the podcast before, like be interviewed or anything like that? I don't believe so. Nope. First time. First time. So a oh, I'm not going to go there. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I I really really have to watch myself sometimes. The mic's on and I just, I just lose my mind. Uh, so we're here. We have Vicky Stokes. Who, this is your second year in a row? Uh, for my Mac, but I've been to like five uh, Mac, uh, Mac Worlds. All out here in San Francisco? Yes. Yep. And we have Elisa Paselli, the second geeky lady. Hi, everybody. And this is my first Mac World. Do you think you'll uh, come to another one if you can? I'm not sure. We'll have to see what happens. <laughs> and, of course, we also have Julie. Uh, now, usually... Uh, Gaz and I, we, we talk about the, the stuff that's on the website, but we're not going to do that this week because, you know, that, that's, you know, people are, are listening to this because they want to they find out what we're doing here at uh, the Macworld iWorld 2013 event. And I, I kind of wanted to start it off with, with something that kind of funny that happened to me today on the show floor. I was, I was walking around looking for people to interview, and, and I happened across uh, the, the Otterbox people, the ones that make those, those really, really you know, ex- extensively cool Incredible, yeah. Oh, matter of fact, uh, Elisa has one of their auto box cases, and they they had an iPad that was connected to this new thing that they have. And I figured, okay, well, I'm going to check this out. It looks like it's all one piece. Turns out it was two pieces. So I went to pick up the iPad, thinking that it was the iPad in the case, but it was just the iPad. And my my fingers started slipping, and it it started to fall. And it was like it didn't matter where I put my hands, the iPad just fell lower and lower. And lower, and finally hit the ground, and the the Otterbox guy is standing right there, and I'm just looking it up him with like puppy dog eyes, like, please tell me that there is no damage to this iPad. He's like, oh, not to worry, because it's in an Otterbox case. And I actually I I did an interview with him. Uh, We're we're not going to play that one today. That'll come on another day. Uh, Let me look at the list here. Actually, no, I take that back. I do have their interview that's going to be played here this week. So uh, has has I, I, has anything funny happened to you, uh, Vicky? Well, um, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny when it was happening. <laughs> well, I, I left my house, and right before I left my house, I took my wallet out, left a check for my gardener, and I left my wallet on my kitchen table. Drove all the way in to Bart, got on Bart, got to the hotel, and that's when I realized I didn't have my phone. I met my my uh, my my wallet. 
So I had to go all the way back, and I'm like an hour and a half away. So I didn't get to meet you guys till I'm going twelve thirty. I almost made it on time. I actually did. I was right at thirty minutes early. I got there twelve thirty. Yeah, uh, and I'm really surprised that they uh, just wouldn't let you check into the hotel without proper identification. Or oh, credit card, yes. Well, you know, they should have just, you know, you're, Vicky, you're Vicky Stokes from the MyMac, you know, family of, of riders. They should have just known that. Yeah, and I, I hope uh, CHP's is listening. I was driving without my license. Woo! <laughs> I live on a, on a dangerous side, you know. <laughs> now, we actually uh, are actually met with uh, with you, Elisa, uh, over at the, the Chieftain. Now, Every single year, we try to do this this MyMac meetup, and every single year, it has been an utter failure. <laughs> Either like only one person shows up, and you know you've got three people standing there going, "Yeah, we're going to meet all the people here and I'll talk to the MyMac family of podcasters." And there's one person that going, "Yeah, I really, really like your podcast. I, yeah, I, I like Mac products, but you know, and that's usually about the, as far as it goes." And after waiting about uh, 15 minutes to a half hour, I saw a tweet from Elisa basically saying that, that she was with her aunt over at the Chieftain. And it's like, well, we were going to go to the Chieftain anyway, so I, I think I'm just going to kind of cut this event short and go on over to the Chieftain. So uh, we, you know, I, I met with Elisa and her aunt over at the Chieftain, and um, uh, you guys had, had ordered lunch. I wasn't hungry because I had eaten it uh, in an out burger uh, earlier in the day. So um, it, it, was, it was great to finally meet you, and uh, the Chieftain, Chieftain was, was a little loud, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. There was a soccer game going on. I've never heard so much loudness and cheering. And the Chieftain was a lot smaller than I had, had anticipated, so it made it that much louder. Uh, had your aunt been there before? I don't think so. No, she hadn't because she didn't know where it was. And it was funny because she's lived in San Francisco for years, and I'm telling her how we get – because she met me at the hotel – I'm telling her how to get from the hotel to the chieftain. She said, I'll just follow you, and we just walked down, and um, like, like you said, Guy, we met you, and then Vicky came in a little while later, and four of us just sat and talked for a little while. And, and then I walked your aunt back to, yep. uh, to where her BART stopped. Her BART stopped so she could get the bus home, and then Vicky and I went and got our, our press passes. And Now, uh, Julie, are you, are, have you been to the Macworld Expo before? Yep, I believe this is my fifth year. Uh, fifth year in a row, or has it always been San Francisco? It has always been San Francisco. The first time I came, uh, it was the last year Apple was here, and I did get to see the Schiller note. Um, so that was quite an event, and I'm so glad I got to a chance to participate in that. But, um, yeah, it's been fun. I, I remember the first year I came here, actually it was TUAW that interviewed me, just man-on-the-street interview, um, and, like, asked me the question, so will you be back again? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's like, yeah, at this point, I would hitchhike um, to get here. And some years, it's been pretty close to that. But I am here. Oh, man. And there, there really is something about being at the Macworld Expo, uh, whether it's uh, going to a keynote or, or just seeing some of the new products on the floor or just, you know, some of the other events. You know, they're, they're having a, a bunch of uh, – the, they kind of moved the main stage off of the uh, the expo floor up here onto the second floor near where the press room is. Um, I guess uh, just a, a real quick sequence of events for, for today. Uh, we met at Mel's, which is kind of like the MyMac.com central breakfast place. And um, uh, I had the same thing that uh, – that Vicky had. As a matter of fact, I, I tried to take her plane. Yeah, yeah, you sure did. <laughs> that wasn't happening. We were starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
And so, um, uh, no, you didn't show up there. At- nope. I actually, the day job got a hold of me, and I had some things I had to deal with first thing this morning. But this isn't your main gig then? Yeah, well, you know, any time now, just make me the offer. <laughs> hey, get in line, okay? Yeah, get in line. <laughs> So um, we got here to the show floor, and we hadn't originally intended on going to the keynote. No, yeah. Um, uh, nobody wanted us to wait in the line at 8 a.m. in the morning and come to find out. If we Just the press got escorted into our own special section. Yeah. yeah, we got here just in time. As soon as we entered the, uh, the press room, they were being escorted into the, the main auditorium. So we said, sure. Yeah, I actually thought it was going to start at 10. So when it was, I guess it was like quarter to nine when we first walked in. And I was thinking, okay, well, they're going to have people standing in line for like an hour and then, you know, start to bring them in. But no, they, you know, as soon as we walked in the door to the press room here, there, you know, somebody actually called out to me. He's like, are you going to the keynote? Are you press? Well, you know, you can get in early and, you know, get these great seats. However, the great seats weren't quite as great as I thought they were going to be. They were okay. You were halfway, third of the way from the stage, I guess, which, you know, what, 10 rows back? Well, yeah, but it was, it was like off to the side. It wasn't too bad, though, and we had the screen right in front of us so we could see, we could see what was going on. Yeah, and so. I, had a, I had a good view of the guys on stage, too, so mm-hmm. it's not like you couldn't see them. Yeah. I mean, I, you could argue there wasn't a bad seat in the house unless you happened to have been sitting in front of somebody. <laughs> now, I have no idea what you mean by that. <laughs> well, uh, what did you think of the presentation? Um, I was surprised. I I didn't think Aston Christian was that intelligent, but he's very, very bright. And cute, too. Yeah, he's handsome. Yeah, I, I think that that's been mentioned before. <laughs> as long as he cuts his hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, uh, you, I thought he was dreaming with long hair. <laughs> but I knew, I knew he did have... Um, not necessarily a background, but I knew that he was involved in technology and, and programming and, you know, writing. I think he has something to do with writing apps or someone doing it for him, but he's got something to do with, with technology and Apple products, so. He does the angel funding. Yeah. Yeah, technology. I, I was very surprised. I, 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 I don't know about the, the clip didn't really make me feel that he was Steve Jobs, but maybe later on, you know, you ignore his, how he looks and get into how he does the character. The clip is too short for me to have an opinion about. One thing I think that I picked up from the keynote that was the biggest takeaway, and there were several nice quotes that came out of the keynote, but um, the people who have seen it, who have actually seen the movie, and there are some people who have had screenings already, said that A, the clip does not do it justice, and B, it's really good. You know, so it's, you know, withhold judgment for the time being. Go watch it. If you're if you're interested in Steve Jobs, if you're a Mac fan, you're going to like it. Well, I, I know that, um, uh, you know, other than that clip, I haven't I haven't seen anything else about the movie. I, you know, I've seen a lot of pictures. And, you know, at, at least as far as, as a young Steve Jobs goes, uh, the resemblance, and, and I think he was also wearing like a prosthetic nose so that, uh, that he would have like a similar nose to Steve Jobs because I think Steve Jobs' father was Syrian. So, Leb- was he Lebanese? Lebanese or was he Syrian? I don't know. Middle Eastern. It was Middle Eastern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Assyrian, you know that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a slightly different facial feature set than you know European or African or Asian or you know it, it's it's definitely a little bit different. 
but I, I did. I, I would say that um, as far as the look goes, that uh, Kutcher did seem to have it down pre- uh, pretty much pat. Um, the, 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 the clip that they did show us really, yeah, I think you're right that it, it didn't really stretch much as far as, you know, saying, okay, well, here's what the movie was going to be about. Because I was kind of under the impression that it was going to be more along the lines based on like three different Steve Jobs uh, keynotes. And that, from the clip that we saw, it was more along the lines of, okay, well, here's uh, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak in a basement car garage for Hewlett Packard after he had, uh, Wozniak had presented the original Apple One design to Hewlett Packard and they had absolutely no interest. I, I think the three was three turning points or three scenarios or three milestones in the in the history of, not necessarily three keynotes. So, yeah, it, it is supposed to be based around three events or three time periods. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how they pull that off because I think they're, you could tell a story uh, there with just three touchstones like that, uh, you know, as long as each of those gets some sort of fleshing out. And this particular one could be a good one. They, the, when they first came up with the idea and they were first trying to pitch it, and they, they first said, forget it, we're just going to build it ourselves in the garage, that was kind of a milestone. So, you know, if that's where they start, and then I think they end with the iPhone being introduced. No. Uh, the iPad. iPad being? No, I'm sorry. <sighs> Uh, the like iPod. iPod. I, yes. Okay. Yeah. That would. I mean, those those are coming. Some of the, the real milestone event. I mean, there have been some since then as well. But those ones can. Those. If you had to pick three, those might be the three. Apple's on a roll there. They're definitely going up, not down. And that's you know pretty much where they are now. Uh, well, you you could. Stock, uh, Stockbrokers and. <laughs> well, you you could argue that the um, the iPod was kind of the defining moment for the return of Apple as a whole because the iPod was such a, a, a dominant factor in the MP3 player. And, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, even even Tim was saying that when the iPod first came out that he thought it was a joke, that you know, yeah, it was too expensive. Until I looked at it, until I thought, used, when someone made that one statement, I can carry my entire music library with me, I got it. I'm like, oh, forget it. You know, I don't. I don't need these CDs anymore. This is it. You know. So, and the iPod was the first thing they really introduced that went, shall we call it mainstream? mainstream. You know, they had the the iMacs already at that point, I believe, and they were cool and beautiful and well designed and and a niche product sold to schools. <laughs> so, you know, and the iPod is the first thing that every everybody went cool. You know, and. I remember when I first got into the iPod, and I, it, was, it had the knock of being a teenager's music device, you know, yeah, whatever. But uh, when, you, when you got your hands on it, you could see the potential of the things it could do, and it was like, no, this is, this is something. This is something different that we've not seen before. Yeah, I would agree. And that was the ecosystem, iTunes ecosystem for the, everything else that they came out with afterwards. So. And the, uh, the music publishing co- companies certainly certainly didn't see the dominance of iTunes. Yeah, uh, not so much. <laughs> um, I think uh, we're going to end this segment right here. And uh, when we when we come back to the show, we've got a bunch of segments that uh, all four of us, four of us, let me, let me try that, that sentence again. 
we're going to come back and and we're going to hear all those eight of the uh, segments that we've recorded today, two from each of us. So everyone, please stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scott, can you fix me up? Um, that might be easier said than done, but okay, who with? With John Nemo. Uh, yeah, Nemo's already married and has a grown daughter? No. I mean fix me up with a set of headphones so I can listen to Nemo's all-new App Minute podcast. No, not genius. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. I... This is Vicki Stokes, Macworld, iWorld at Ray Software Easy Web with oh. Paul Levine. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your product. Okay, so we got an all-new website builder coming out. It's completely drag-and-drop visual website builder. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the next generation of iWeb, which is okay. being discontinued. Yeah. Uh, so it's extremely easy to use. You can either use one of our built-in templates, mm-hmm. or you can start from scratch, and you just basically can drag-and-drop everything around on the canvas here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can edit text, add a little text object here, and say whatever you want. So you can add a new title. Mm-hmm. Um, design it just the way you want, and then publish it directly to uh, to the web. And we offer the entire integrated solution, so it's really easy. You don't need to fiddle with any technical things like FTP stuff and that kind of stuff. Everything's just built into the software. So you, could you actually use H- your own HTTP or... Uh, your own domain name? Doma- if yeah. you want to use your own domain name, yeah, you can. You just, you just transfer it over or update the name servers, but everything is just... If you don't, everything's just done within the software. Okay, so, so um, you don't provide a domain. You're not hosting. We are this hosting. Is just, no, you're hosting, we are hosting also. We are hosting and providing the domain name. You can use your own domain name if you want, but you use our hosting services because we have some really awesome uh, features in here that require certain configurations, and we don't want people to have to worry yeah. about the technical details. Yeah. So everything's taken for you. we got contact forms. we got social stuff like Facebook like buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, we got everything you need to build a really awesome site. No, and you don't need to worry about any technical aspects. Suppose you don't want to use your templates. You just want to use... Um, uh, you want to start from scratch? scratch you can scratch. start from scratch. You can either use one of our templates or start from scratch. Completely up to you. So, okay. And it does certain things that can automatically build a navigation menu for you. With okay. drop-down menus. Okay. Um, certain things that I would never did, like drop-down menus, or things mm-hmm. like uh, mouse-over, mouse-down effects. So you can, yeah. you can create like, some really cool interactive sites. Yeah. Um, iWeb was very static. I was static, yeah. yeah. I, it hasn't yeah. updated in a while. So it's yeah. like, kind of like the new, modern, next-generation iWeb. Mm-hmm. Really easy to use mm-hmm. and just updated for, for And you, you guys provide uh, some kind of uh, storage, cloud storage or anything like that? Or you just... In terms of like a... Like, a, like, like a, iWeb, iWeb was sort of integrated with mobile need. Mobile right. So our hosting service yeah. provides you with the hosting stuff. In terms of like mm-hmm. the cloud stuff, we don't. There's other solutions that are much better. Yeah. You've got Dropbox exactly. and that kind of stuff. That's yeah. perfect. We want to be able to match that. We just want people who want to create a really awesome site. They can use our product. Yeah, you're not trying to do everything for right. everybody. We don't want everything. Okay, yeah. sounds great. Want, want and what is the cost for this? So the cost, you get the software, you get the web hosting for $99 a year, just like mobile me. Okay. So very affordable. I mean, it costs just as much as you would pay anyways to get a hosting. Mm-hmm. And everything's done for you with the software. Okay. All right. Uh, how easy is it, okay, once you decide, oh, well, I want to move my website somewhere else? 
can you export this stuff easily? iWeb, you couldn't. It wasn't very easy to export. iWeb, yeah, iWeb. Yeah. That you export to a folder, and you, or the yeah. later version that you publish that to be with this, because there's certain features that we're adding that, yeah. that need a certain requirement, and we want to make it easy. You have to use the hosting service that we're providing. Okay, but right. you know, it, it's the same hosting service you find with GoDaddy or any of those kind of okay. companies. Same yeah. kind of stuff, just much easier to use to do software. So sounds good. All right, this is Vicky Stokes uh, with Waste Software and Paula Bay. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm at the Lantronics booth with. Mark Tulio. And what can you tell us about it? Sure. Well, we're here demonstrating actually two products. They're both the X-Print servers, and one is for the home, for consumers, one is for enterprises, for companies. Both products enable you to print from your iPad or your iPhone. So the nice part is there's no software, there's no apps to download, there's no configuration, nothing. All you do is open the box, you plug it in anywhere in your network, that's it. It'll find all your iPads, all your printers, set them up, and you can print within minutes. So I don't need a third-party app on my iPhone or my no, iPad? No, you don't. You don't need anything. You don't need an IT person. You don't need anything. All you do is, it was designed for the novice to be able to plug it in and print, but for the um, for the IT folks, there is a back-end. You can go into an interface and you can customize things. You can, there's advanced security features. There's ways to manage users. There's accounting features. There's a lot in there, but that's only if you're that type of user. Okay, so the, no configuration of my computer, just plug it in and go. That's it. As a matter of fact, the, the litmus test for that was, um, and, and it's a true story, is our CEO's name is Kurt, and before we launched the product, he said, I need to send it to my mom, and if she can't do it without any instructions or any support, we're not shipping the product. So it was the Kurt's mom test, okay. and the first one didn't work, didn't pass muster, so we did it again, and that's it. And since then, that's exactly what people say. It's funny. We get so many people who say, wow, it, it, it just works. And that's, you know, usually there's a lot of hype in marketing, but when we say you open it, you plug it in and print, that's all you do. So my understanding is you plug it into your router and plug your printer into the device. Well, if, if you need to, if it's a USB printer, you can mm -hmm. plug it into the, into the device. If it's wireless, you don't have to do anything. It'll, okay. it'll go ahead and it'll find your printer. Okay. So wired or wireless, doesn't matter. And what is the retail price? The consumer one is 99 and the one for enterprises is 199 And what's important to note is that for the, um, both of them support almost an unlimited number of users. So, for instance, we have one, one of the office editions, the enterprise one, at our office. We have 120 people and about 30 printers. It supports them all. Excellent. And where can people get more information? Um, they can get it on our site, on Antronics.com, on xprintserver.com. It has a lot more information. They can also purchase it anywhere from Amazon, Best Buy Online, um, most of the major retailers. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Okay, this is Julie from Macworld Floor Appalooza talking with Moxtra. And with me is... Jan Seismans. Tell me a little bit about Moxtra. What does it do? Moxtra is an online binder. It's a digital binder. It allows you to collect any type of content. You can then express yourself on it. You can engage with it with other people. And you can share it selectively. Okay. So the, the analogy is a three-ring binder. A three-ring binder is very visually compelling. I can add any type of content in there. But the limitations are if the binder is at my desk, I can't get access to it. Or if I want to share something from that binder, I can't do that unless the person is right next to me in a copy machine and I copy something. So as a result of that, people have moved to online file systems or file systems Then it's easy to access, it's easy to share, but you lose the notion of the visual compelling component. In, an, in a three-ring binder, you can put in the content that is relevant to what you're working on. In a file system, you have to put in an entire document or an entire 
file and only maybe a, a part of that file is relevant to what you're working on and the other stuff is not. What in Moxtra, you can combine all types of content, digital content, in the binder, strictly the content that matters, and then you can stitch it all together. So I can take two pages out of a Word document, three pages out of a PowerPoint, and I can put them together, and I can put a Word page first and a PowerPoint document, and I can take a, a photo, I can add in a video, I can do all of that stuff. So that's the first thing about Moxtra. On the sharing part, and this is where it gets really, really exciting, I've got different ways of sharing, and the most exciting way to share is a Moxtra note. And a Moxtra note allows you to, over one or multiple pages in your binder, do a voiceover, add annotations on there, save that locally in your binder, and then from directly from within your binder, share that Moxtra note either over email, SMS, or Facebook, and all the people that want to see that and that you're sharing it with, you need to have is access to a browser and they can directly from their phone click on the link in Safari or their mobile browser and see and hear your Moxtra note. So people that you want to share it with don't all have to have the Moxtra app in order to see the, the material? That is correct. Um, from a sharing standpoint, so I talked about the Moxtra note, there's three other ways of sharing it. The most selective and private way of sharing it is in by inviting somebody to the binder. So, Julie, if I wanted to invite you to my binder and I want to share the content with you, I would invite you to the binder. And then you could either create an account for Moxtra on the web, and then you have access to the, to the binder through a web browser, any web browser, or you would download the Moxtra app and it would be then in one of the binders in, your, in Moxtra. Okay? Do people that have access to it through a web browser, um, can they add to the material in there, or do they need to have, again, the Moxtra app in order to participate and, and share their own information in there? No, you can add, if you are a member to the binder, you can add content either from the web browser or from your, um, your iPad. Okay? On the iPad, we have uh, what we call the, um, the Moxtra wheel, and the Moxtra Reel allows you then to bring in content from Dropbox or Box.net through remote access from your computer or by taking a photo or bringing in a photo or a video from your photo stream. So that's the easy way of bringing content in that way. Um, if you bring it in from the browser, again, it's a simple way. You can just file, find any file on your computer and bring it into, Mo excuse me, into Moxtra as well. And it's uh, compatible with pretty much any types of files, including things like Microsoft Office documents and perhaps iPages and Numbers and Keynote documents as well? Yes, all of those. It's actually, it, it is great for Microsoft Office documents, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, because it completely keeps the formatting of the document in place. So what we do is we take a visual representation of the document and we put that into the binder. Um, there's one other way of sharing, is you can share publicly by um, sending somebody a URL to view your binder. So you may not want to, you may want to share the content in your binder, but you don't want people to have access to all the comments or only a select people to have be members of the binder, but you want a great number of people to actually see the content of the binder. A great example would be real estate. If I'm a real estate broker um, and I have a house for sale, I want to put up nice pictures of the house, I can publicly post the link to the binder, but I can invite only my the, the homeowner and some other of my brokers broker friends to the binder itself, and then they can access more detailed information that way. Interesting. Awesome way to do that. Um, the, the differentiating between those who can edit things in there and differentiating those who can view things in there, I'm sure, is important to a lot of people. And is it um, 
compatible or friendly to other means of sharing, such as can you email from there or put some of the files through a Dropbox folder or some other ways when certain people prefer to get that information that way? So yes, so, um, so first of all, it's a free app. Okay, so we, um, we are building, but we haven't rolled it out, we're building a premium subscription model um, for the, the top level of users, but everybody can download Moxer for free, number one. Number two, it is um, the sharing um, is done when you want to email something, you would email somebody a link. Okay? We've, we've heard now from our, from our user base, from the beta users, it would be very nice to be able to just take one, two, or three pages out of the binder and mail those pages to somebody. Like my father was talking, he's, um, he's on the board of a museum, and um, he would like to keep binders of um, the different meetings that he had and other information, correspondence he may have sent out to sponsors and, and for fundraising. And sometimes people don't have the information anymore. He said, great, now I've put it all in the binder. How do I then just give them specific access to those documents? So that's something that we're working on putting, putting in this, the product as well. Um, there's one fourth way of sharing content is in a live meeting. So in a Moxer meet. So I can, uh, from my binder, I can start a web meeting with voiceover IP that's integrated. And I can invite anybody to that. And all they need is a web browser. It's through a browser access. And they would see all the content of my binder there as well. Wow. That's a feature I've not heard of in any other type of binder app, being able to do essentially a web conference with it. So very nice. And you said it's a free app. Is it available now? It is a free app. And we went live on, um, on Tuesday, the 28th of, um, of, of January. So we're here at Macworld. Um, this is our quote-unquote coming out party. So, Very good. Thank you so much. Moxtra, M-O-X-T-R-A? M-O-X-T-R-A, that is correct, Moxtra. All right, thank you. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, I'm here with Garrett from uh, Otterbox, and he, they have got a bunch of new products to, uh, <laughs> for me to uh, drop iPads from. Uh, the funny story, just as I came over here to talk to Garrett, I was looking at one of their new cases, uh, didn't quite understand the concept of how the iPad finished, dropped it on the floor, and by God, the iPad survived without a scratch, which is a testament because I'm like 6'6", so it had a long way to fall. How are you doing today, Garrett? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for coming by the booth. So uh, what have you got new here today? This, this one right here, uh, it's, it's kind of like a yellow and black color, and it, it holds uh, either the iPad 3, 4, or I guess the 2 as well because that's the same size. Right. So uh, what can you tell me about this product? Yeah, so this is our Defender Series for the iPad case. And really what we had, we took our rugged protection from our smartphones, our Defender Series cases, and we implemented it into a tablet series. So what this will have is a fully built-in screen protector. All the ports will be covered up from dust and, dust and debris. And the actual iPad will sit inside a fully enclosed polycarbonate shell, and then it wraps around with a durable rugged silicone on the outside. And what comes with each of these is also a stand, a polycarbonate stand that doubles as the screen shield. So this can pop up here in a, a portrait mode as, as well as a horizontal mode for viewing and also a typing mode on the other side. And one unique feature of this is that it has uh, two built-in magnets that we put on it. So when you actually put the device face down into the shell, it will shut down the, the screen of the device to save some energy on it. So. Yeah, so it basically it, it puts it into sleep mode. Exactly, exactly. Sleep mode, that was the word I was looking for there. <laughs> you got it. So it snaps on the front to kind of give it an extra crush protection um, on the shield there when you have it in a backpack or a bag. And then it will also snap on the back, as you saw, when you're carrying it around and wanting to use it. So 
That's the Defender Series for the iPad. That'll fit again the second, third, and fourth. Right, gen. right. Yep, and then the same concept we took for the new iPad Mini. All the same features, you know, screen protection, polycarbonate shell, um, the shield that doubles as the stand as well. Um, all the same features and benefits, just it made just fit exactly the iPad Mini. Um, then kind of moving on the line, uh, one of our new dry box series that we revamped is what our company started off with is the waterproof dry box. This is our new Pursuit Series case. And so what this is, is a waterproof case, fully functional for a phone, a tablet, or I mean, a, your phone, your keys, your wallet, credit cards, stuff like that. It's uh, 40 cubic inches on the inside, and we also make a 20 cubic inch case. So a unique feature of this is the trampoline on the inside, where you can really latch in a phone to keep it from shaking around on the inside. So I, I noticed that you have a, a, a different case that the phone actually fits into. Exactly. That uh, is used by the by this particular. Uh, what is this? What is this case here called again? This is our Pursuit Series case. Right. And and that's good to like what two three hundred feet down. Uh, hundred feet actually. Yep. Hundred. <laughs> well, I was close. I was the, I was actually thinking it was like six seven feet, which is what no. some of your comp, your competitors talk about. Oh well, you could take your phone in the pool, go down <laughs> six feet. Well, okay. You guys are basically saying, you know what? You want to hit the uh, the Marianas Trench? You know. We got you covered for a much farther distance than any other company. That's right. It, you know, exactly. And, you know, we've had these. This was our flagship product as a company. This was the first product that our company made when we started in 1998. And we kind of just redesigned it, revamped it, you know, same, same specs as you will, 100 feet deep, and it's also crush-proof. But the beauty of that is that it does float. So. Are you sure they would be crush-proof with someone like me? You got it. You can, I'll even let you stand on it here when we're done if you want to. <laughs> But, um, you know, it does float as well, so you don't have right. to go chase it down if you don't want to. But So you can fit, you know, Galaxy S3 inside of here if you want to, a compound latch system. And you can also lock it with a padlock, strap it to a backpack, really anything you want to do and use it for water protection. And then kind of coming down the line a little bit farther is, is one of our newest products we haven't released yet. This will be released February 22nd um, on OtterBox.com and an AT&T channel. This is our Armor Series case. So this is a fully functional case that is waterproof, crush-proof, drop-proof, and dust-proof. So the specs on this, it'll be waterproof up to six and a half feet deep for 30 minutes, um, kind of you know, yeah. what you mentioned before. Um, but also we have zero entry of any dust or debris in the case at all for the phone, so it's kind of that mill spec on it as well. Uh, we drop-tested it from 10 feet onto concrete. And then we have a crush resistance or crush proof on it up to 4,000 pounds of weight. So two tons of crush resistance on it. And one of the beauties of this is the ease of getting it on and off. We have a, a compound latch here, which is a nickel-plated zinc alloy. So very corrosion resistant, very easy to get on and off. So latch is open, you drop the phone in, and you're set to go. Um, the other good feature about this is there's nothing that detaches to use it. So we have an O-ring gasket technology for the ports. So you open it up. Push it down to seal it shut, and you're watertight and ready to go. And this, the same thing like the 30-pin connector or the uh, the new lightning connector, the, the buttons that you would need to take, like, a picture with the phone, things along those lines. So you still, ha even though your phone is completely protected, you know, dropping it on concrete or taking it down six and a half feet with just this case, not to mention 100 feet with, with the other case, uh, you still have full functionality with, with this particular case. You're not really going to lose any functionality with it. No, and that's with all of our products. You know, we, we want to make our products to enhance the features of the, of the devices that come out. You know, you spend a lot of money on a very cool device for all the cool functions and features that it has. So we want to make those cases that we build to enhance those features, not take away. So every, every button, every function, every feature is made to be either enhanced or, you know, fully functional use wherever you have it. So absolutely.
Okay, well, thank you for your time very much. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, apparently, on top of not being able to hold an iPad correctly, I am also losing my ability to speak. So, I mean, who knows how, where this day is going to end? <laughs> let this day end. God, let this day end. Thank you so much, Garrett. Appreciate it. And this is Garrett with Autobox. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for coming by. This is Vicky Stokes for MyMac.com uh, Mac, Mac, at and Mac World, iWorld with Gibbets. Um, and I'm talking to Greg Costello. Tell me about your product. So, we really wanted to make it easy for everyone who's taking video to be able to create great videos from all that raw footage. And we know that people are really challenged by that. There's a lot of products out there, but they're really complicated and very sophisticated. We wanted to make it easy for the average user. So if you can tap on your screen, you can pick out the best parts from your video clips. We'll automatically stitch them together. And you can apply music, special effects, and you can share them with the world. Okay. And how much is it going to cost? It's free. Free. Uh, unbelievable. So um, if, I, if I have video already, have, uh, you don't record video. It's the video that you've already created. We do both. So you can use any video that's sitting on your iPhone or iPad, it's in your camera roll. You can use any tools to get there. You can even use video from your camera if you can get it to your camera roll. So we take that, we can edit it. And um, so this is, this runs on only the iOS devices or does it run on the Mac? Well, we have only for, for editing components, only iOS. We have a web version to manage your video, but it's not for editing. Okay, so it's just for like posting Posting, managing, uh, you can do sharing from there. You just can't edit from there. So how do we get this product? Um, so you can go to your, you go to your uh, iPhone or iPad and go to the App Store and search for Gibbet, G-I-B-I-T. Okay. And is there any ads associated with this? It's a free product. So. There are no ads. Okay. If you, you can get, get five gigabytes of free cloud storage. Okay, that's a lot. That's over an hour of, of, of high-quality video. Um, if you use more than that, then for $29.99 a year, a whole year, you get 100 more gigs, which is just a ton of storage. That is, that is a lot. And uh, is there any limit to the length of the video? We've seen half hours, see 45-minute videos. We'll handle that without any problem. Wow, that's great. And it's free. Um, so um, if um, um, I wanted to... Um, you can add any, any quality, any format of the film. We, we accept hundreds of formats, um, yeah. and obviously the native format. A lot of things are standardizing on H.264, which is a standard format. We take in, uh, we take in WMDs, which are Windows uh, formats, as well as AVI, which is an older video format, as well as all the modern formats. So if I, if I want to post it to... YouTube, Twitter, it's automatically in the app. Or it's already built in, so, so you can actually share right from the app, uh, and you can share it in one click. You can share it to YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, one click, and you're done. Is it links? No, that's the great part, is uh, in, in Twitter, we actually have what we call the Twitter card, so you can actually watch your video right within Twitter. I, I saw a demo of it, and it's simple, very easy to use, uh, very intuitive. Um, I was thinking, because I'm an iMovie person, that this won't do the things that I like to do, and it was demoed to me in less than five minutes. So, it's nice meeting you, very nice Greg, meeting you. and uh, this you is Vicky Stokes from MadMac.com, uh, MacWorld iWorld 2013. I'm Elisa Paselli, and I'm here with Dennis from, is it pronounced Riedel or Riedel? Oh, that's right, Riedel. Yeah. Riedel. 
And uh, what can you tell us about some new products that you have? So as you may know, Redo has the best quality products in the App Store. And uh, recently we launched a new one called Documents by Redo. That's recently for iPad, just for iPad right now, but we work on the iPhone version. Uh, so it, what it does is uh, a great file manager, file viewer, and a media player for the iPad. So you can get all your files, all your data, from photos, pictures, uh, movies, uh, anything, and, and it reads PDFs and stuff. So it also syncs with all the cloud services available, like Dropbox, Box, and gets all the documents you have in one place with your iPad. So your documents is always with you, and that's a free app. So I think everyone should go and download it. Okay. Any other apps that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. So we have um, we have seven major apps. The flagships are uh, Scanner Pro, the app to scan up. Documents and uh, it actually makes document really crisp and good looking and converts into PDF. So you can email this uh, good looking PDF file to anyone. You can upload it to Evernote automatically. And then we have a PDF Expert. That's an iPad app to manage your PDFs, to edit PDFs, and uh, you can highlight, you can uh, edit, you can sign contracts, you can fill out PDF forms. That's pretty useful for legal legal professionals for lawyers, for students, also a bunch of industries. All right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Julie once again from the Macro Live World Expo floor, and with me I'm at the uh, Rain Design booth, and with me today I have... Ivan from Rain Design. All right, and Rain Design has been a vendor here at Macworld for several years, and they have some very interesting products. Can you tell me about a few of them? Um, we have two this year. Um, one is called the M Tower. Um, it's a vertical stand for the MacBooks, and then we have the iSlider, Slider, which is the world's first adjustable portable stand for the iPad. It allows you pretty much it allows both retails at forty nine ninety, um, pretty uh, good price, and both are made of um, aluminum, uh, Apple matching aluminum, anodized uh, aluminum uh, material. Yeah. Uh, the feature about the eye slider, maybe I thought about M stand. You know, M stand, the the construction is from a one piece aluminum. It doesn't have any screws. It has no glues. It's just one whole piece of construction, which is quite an engineering marvel by itself. Um, it floats the MacBook, so you don't you freeze up the uh, desktop space. The eye slider is our newest product. Um, it is a portable stand um, that is uh, adjustable. So this is probably the only one in the world right now that we have. Um, it is 49.90 and it allows you to go from 15 degrees angle all the way to about like 70 degrees and very stable, portable, only 7 ounces. Yeah, I've been taking a look at that. It's really handy. It seems like it's something to be easily thrown in a backpack and take the abuse that would happen, you know, carrying it around here, there and everywhere. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and there's some other things, other products that Rain Design has had for a few years as well. Can you tell me about some of the more legacy products? Um, we started off with the iGo, which is a desk for the Mac, iMacs. And then we have the iLabs, which is very popular amongst uh, MacBook users because of the heat problems. Um, and right now, the MacBook users are starting to shift to MacBook Air. And then we now have the M stand, um, which allows you to see the um, the, the screen at the eye level. So it makes it a lot more ergonomics, uh, used by a lot of companies. So we are kind of pioneer in that category. Yeah. And Rain Design does a great job of, of making their products look Mac-like. 
taking advantage of the designs and style and look of the, the Apple products. So they always look good with a, an, an Apple product sitting in them. Um, do you have any show specials or anything on the internet that people can take advantage of? Um, not on the internet, but if you come to the show, we have a 20% show special on all our legacy products. Uh, not the latest product, but all the, most, all the other products, we have a 20% special. And what uh, is the website address? Uh, raindesigninc.com raindesigninc.com Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm with Adam Curtis, who is the... Uh media guy i guess for uh co-pilot live and uh you guys every single year you know th- this is ter- co-pilot has now become my official gps preferred navigation application uh, on my iphone i use it all the time whenever i'm going out of state and you know i need to find some place that my kids want to go to it, it has never let me down unlike some other gps apps that, that shall not be mentioned here on this particular interview uh What's new with Copilot this year? Uh, well, thanks. First of all, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Sure. Um, since last year's show, let's see, we have um, changed over from Bing to Google Local Search. It's something that a lot of our um, you know customers really wanted to see. Um, so we're happy to have that. We also have integration with Yelp. So now you know the restaurant you have directions to, whether it's worth even going to or not. Um, and I think our biggest update really is twofold. One, um, the new hardware came out, so we're on iPad Mini, um, which is a great, great sort of that perfect, not too big, not too small for your car. It's beautiful. It's well, well, I need to interrupt you there for a second. Now, I've been seeing online some companies are like actually installing iPad minis in cars, and they have like a 30-pin connection in the whole thing. And uh, would, would Copilot Live be the kind of app that, that somebody would want to have if they had their iPad mini actually installed permanently in their car? Absolutely. Um, it gives you the constant... Um, connectivity to your maps without constant connectivity. And I'll, I'll explain that. Um, your Google Maps, uh, your Apple Maps, your Waze, they all have to have that data connection coming back and forth over your 3G. We Ours don't. So no matter where you're driving in your car, you can have the worst cell coverage ever. You're still going to have navigation, which is going to, we need it most when you're lost in the middle of the night in the woods, when you have absolutely no coverage for yourself. So uh, you, you've got the, you have the new version. Uh, it, it's got built-in maps. It's got better connectivity. Uh, what else is it that separates Copilot Live from some of the other? Uh, applications that do uh, sort of the same thing. Well, you mentioned the first one, which is our um, we, we don't rely on that mobile connection. Um, second one is price. Um, we are uh, for the weekend at least ten dollars and only fifteen dollars for a universal app that goes across all of your iPad, iPad Mini, or um, iPhone. Uh, and we're able to offer that sort of price because we own our own map data. We don't have to rent it from anybody. We don't have to pay that third-party cost, which also means that if you find an issue, which all GPS are going to have issues at some point in terms of new roads being built, you can contact us directly, and we have a 45-day map share guarantee. So if you just moved to a new place, a new subdivision, it's not on the map yet, 45 days or less, we'll have it to you. Okay, so what is, uh, are there like different levels of Copilot Live, or is it like a, a one-size-fits-all kind of thing? The only real difference is that we have Copilot Live HD, which is optimized for the larger screens for the iPads. That'll run beautifully on your um, iPhone as well. And then the iPhone-specific one, obviously, doesn't blow up as well to the larger screen, but it has, still has the same functionality uh, across all the apps. Okay, so what what are the what are the pricing levels? Uh, the price points for this are um, normally ten dollars for the iPhone and then fifteen dollars for the HD across all of your devices. Well, that's fantastic. I know uh, I'll be updating mine very very soon. 
And oh, you got something else? Yeah. The last thing I want to say is also we have um, a great partnership now with a company called Bad Elf. They provide a GPS receiver. So if you have bought a Wi-Fi only device and been like, oh, I can't get GPS on it. Now you can, because again, our maps live on your device. You don't need that mobile connection. And with Bad Elf providing the GPS receiver, any any iOS device now, including iPod Touch, can be a GPS navigator for you. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks, thanks for your time, Adam. Appreciate it, guy. Thanks so much for stopping by. Regularly not mentioned in the New York Times or CERN Particle Weekly, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the last second, last section of the MyMac.com podcast for, for the first day of uh, the, the Mac World Expo. Uh, I, I, I think I can safely say for everyone here that we're all like just a little, little groggy. Only day one. We have two more days to go. It's going to do nothing but get worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and, and you were saying, uh, Elisa, that, that you've been having trouble sleeping. Is it because of the, the excitement level that you're feeling here at Macworld? Oh, Vicky said not to tell them the truth. <laughs> My roommate there. <laughs> I've just had trouble sleeping the last couple nights because I have insomnia. And you would think that after that long plane ride from the East Coast that I would have passed out last night. But I probably slept two hours over the course of the night and so just between the you know the activity of the day and I think I'm just so overtired now that I'm just kind of in my own little world and so I'm very hungry it's, it's time it's time for dinner it is time for dinner well I know um uh, I have a, s- a similar problem Vicky and uh, my wife makes me use a CPAP machine. And when I go to the Macworld Expo, this is like the only place it's like, I don't have to wear the damn CPAP machine because nobody can hear me snore. <sighs> so I think um, tonight is Chinese. Yes, it is. Love Chinese food. Uh, love, 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 love Chinese. Um, before we wrap this up for the day, let's uh, let's do all the contacts so that people know who to talk to when they want to send us an email. Let's start off with Vicky. Hello, Vicky. Okay, you reach me at vestokes at gmail.com uh, or you can reach uh, the Three Geeky Ladies at um, Facebook. We have Three Geeky Ladies page and email is um, threegeekyladies at gmail.com on Twitter's is Geeky Ladies. And, and you guys also have the website. Yeah, and that's... Um, three Geeky Ladies. Three Geeky com, but it's spelled out the number three. Yeah. Oh, so it's T-H-R-E-E. Yeah, you, you can tell I do really well with like words with friends and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's that South Florida of, uh, level of education that I have. <laughs> so where can people contact you, Elisa? On Twitter, it's at SenseiDai. It's S-E-N-S-E-I-D-A-I. And the email is SenseiDai at gmail.com. Anywhere else? Not that I want to share. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How about you, Julie? Well, you can always find me on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E-K-U-E-H-L. And it's Keel, not cool. So it's not C-O-O-L. Okay. (laughs) Actually, with the hassles I got through uh, TSA, I might actually go down to the courthouse and change it to like K O O L. Just be easier that way. So it'd be like cool and your gang. Yeah, that's it. 
weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am, I'm tired too. Yeah. The, the website um, you can find me at is juliekeel.me, and uh, email would be at mymac.juliekeel. Email, Julie, my Mac. See, it is the end of the day. My Mac at juliekeel.me. Okay. And you can reach me at uh, guy at mymac.com. I'm also on the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. Squaw. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> Gaz, where are you? Where are you, Gaz? Uh, you can. Uh, you can also also reach uh, Gaz at uh, Gaz at mymac dot com. That's G A. That. Ah, then of course you could reach him uh, on the Twitters. Uh, that's Twitter dot com forward slash Gazmaz. That's G A Z M A Z Z Z. That's right. Uh, I hope you're listening uh, there, uh, James at Woodpad dot co dot uk. Uh, of course, uh, you can uh, talk to both of us at Guy and Gaz with uh, Twitter.com. And uh, let's see. where. Oh, we have a Skype number that I'm absolutely not paying any attention to this week. And it's just as well since nobody calls it anyway. It's uh, Our Skype number is area code 703-436-9501. And that's just a wonderful number. And you should call it once we all get back out of San Francisco. So uh, for for Julie and Vicky and Elisa, uh, I'm Guy, and we will join you tomorrow. I think all four of us will, will be here tomorrow mm-hmm. for day two of the Macworld iWorld Expo. iFun. We're all having lots of iFun, mm-hmm. and our feet are i-tired. And uh, I think that's going to do it for the day. So we will... <laughs> wow, I'm really having yeah, trouble today. <laughs> I think... I think this is the best show we've ever done. Yes. And that, that I'm good enough, right? Smart enough. <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> I can't even remember the... And, and, pe- yeah, and people like me. There, that part I know is true. People like me. So we'll catch you all. I don't even have like a foreign word for the end or anything like that because I'm just too tired. So uh, thank you all for downloading the show. Uh, make sure that uh, uh, you also go on over and, and t- good God, you go over to the three geeky ladies, uh, either web page or uh, subscribe to it through iTunes, and we will catch you tomorrow. Come on, come on, theme. Where's it? This podcast. You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies. Not Another Mac Podcast, the Mac Specialist Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the TeacherCast Podcast, the Apple Junkies Podcast, and the All-New App Minute Podcast. <laughs>